It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Uh, late night last night, staying up to watch the NCAA championship game, 9-20 start. I don't drink coffee, and I'm off Mountain Dew, so I'm tired. If I, if you, Douglas, if you hear me snoring during the show, sort of just throw something at me or wake me what up. Do you, what should I use? Uh, uh, anything. Just uh, Here's one of the they, – they got these maracas in here. Okay. Check this maraca. Well, that's but, good. That, that way we can get sound with yeah, the impact. Sure. Pick It'll one surely up. work. Pick one up, hit me in the head <laughs> with it, whatever it takes. It is Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, Tuesday, April 5th. College basketball is over for the season. We've crowned a champion. Congratulations to the Kansas City Jayhawks. I'm sorry, the University of Kansas Jayhawks. KU, who, Bill, whoever. They beat North Carolina last night, 72-69. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. The Thornton's text line is open as well at 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is uh, the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Nick Curran, uh, voice of the Louisville Bats. By the way, Bats are on the Big X starting tonight. Uh, 635 home opener against the St. Paul Saints. Nick will bring you all the coverage. I don't know if Jim Kelch will be b- alongside him. Jim Kelch going to help him on a lot of home games this year. But Nick Curran, voice of the bats, will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about the upcoming season. We will reflect on Louisville women's basketball season. Nick, also the radio play-by-play voice of University of Louisville women's basketball team. So we'll talk to Nick about a bunch of different things. Uh, in the next segment. Another uh, another couple of guys leave the Louisville program. Dre Davis, uh, whose brother decommitted last week from Louisville, so we kind of saw this coming. He has entered the transfer portal. That is five Cardinals now in the transfer portal. Uh, L. Ellis said he's coming back. Sidney Curry said he's coming back. Mike James said he is coming back. So three stay, five go. And now we wait to see uh, who Kenny Payne and and his new associate head coach, Nolan Smith, bring in, uh, whether it's transfer portal or high school players, who do they bring in? Look, recruiting is not what it used to be. It's not nearly, not nearly as important as it used to be. High school recruiting. Transfer portal recruiting is now more uh, important, more critical to the success or the demise of a team. If you get the right transfers in there, things can go well. North Carolina got Brady Manick in the transfer portal. He was great in the tournament. They're not in the championship game if the former Oklahoma player doesn't come to Chapel Hill. And the best player on the court in the second half last night was Remy Martin, Arizona State transfer. Bobby Hurley was his coach. And he played terrible in the first half. He banked in a three in the first half, but was short on just about everything else he threw up. Didn't play well, but he was great in the second half. Remy Martin scored 84 points in the six games in the tournament. He was in the doghouse for Bill Self early in the year. 
got back to this point during uh, late in conference play into the conference tournament, and he averaged 14 a game off the bench in the NCAA tournament. Those are incredible numbers. He, and he is a product of the transfer portal. The question as a coach you have to ask yourself is, do I want a 17-year-old, 18-year-old player, maybe 19, coming into a new system, coming straight out of high school, or do I want a 23-year-old, 24-year-old guy that I know what I'm going to get out of him because he came from Oklahoma, Arizona State, fill in the blank of whatever school he's transferring from. And at this point, the way the rules are set up right now, it is more important to scour the transfer portal than it is to recruit young high school athletes. Things sure have changed here on Walton's Mountain. But that's where we are. So uh, we'll talk to Nick about the bats opener tonight. Um, there's a new thing called Pitchcom. I hadn't heard about it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, maybe bring it up with Nick. Apparently the catchers in Major League Baseball, starting Thursday, by the way, Nine games on Thursday, starting with Yankees-Red Sox. That's how you get a season started. Nine games on Thursday. There's a new thing called Pitchcom that I read about today. The catcher wears a device. It's to discourage sign stealing. The catcher wears an electronic device on his glove hand, and he punches in a code to the pitcher that tells him the pitch and the pitch location. So he might punch in curveball, down and away. Fastball, up and in. And a Siri or Alexa-type device sends the information to a speaker in the pitcher's ear. The pitcher hears. And so I guess I'm assuming it can only be an Alexa-type of voice. Fastball, low and away. There are three other players allowed to wear this receiver device in their ears while the game's going on. So to position themselves. So if I'm if I'm a a manager, my pitcher's going to have one in his ear, and then I'm going to have maybe the center fielder, maybe the shortstop, and second baseman, right? Have it in their ear, so they know what pitch is coming. So they can adjust where they're leaning, which way you know which way they want to where they want to move to before the pitch is delivered. It's very interesting. Um, you know, I can see some problems right off the bat, and I'll get to those later. We start with the national championship game last night. And what this tournament taught us, and we should know this from years past, there is nothing more random in sports than the NCAA tournament. And you can talk about St. Peter's. And George Mason back in the day and and VCU and UCLA last year in the play-in game, getting to the Final Four. You can talk about all of that all you want. The randomness I'm talking about is the entire season. The entire season. As Kentucky fan wants to remind you, as often as they can, Kentucky beat North Carolina by a bunch at a neutral site, and they beat Kansas in Lawrence by 18. They wanted to let you know that to try to get you to 
forget the fact that they lost to St. Peter's in the first round of the, of the NCAA tournament. But the fact is they did do those things, and it speaks to the randomness of this tournament. Kansas lost to Dayton early in the year. The Dayton Flyers, who did not make the tournament. North Carolina lost to Pitt early in the year. Pittsburgh may have arguably been the worst team in the ACC, and I'm including Louisville in that. I was at a game, I think it was February 1st. It was early February at the Yum Center. North Carolina came in. Mike Pegues had just taken over as head coach at Louisville. And the Cards took Carolina to overtime. And if Armando Baycott is called for a flagrant foul, which he should have been called for when he intentionally grabbed and tripped a Louisville player who was trying to get up and run down the court, but the referees didn't see it, nobody reviewed it, Louisville probably wins that game. They probably win that game. They lost in overtime 90, I want to say 90 to 83, 90 to 87, something like that. They lost that game in overtime. If Louisville wins that game, if Louisville wins that game, Carolina finishes not 24 and 9, but 23 and 10. And they are now fighting. They're an eight seed. Maybe they don't get into the tournament. I think they do, but they're a lower seed. It's a different path. North Carolina, if you had told me two months ago North Carolina is going to be in the Final Four or they're not going to make the tournament, I would have checked on my list they're not going to make the tournament. That is the randomness of college basketball. That is how are you playing lately? What have you done for me lately? I've told this on the air earlier in the week, well, yesterday, uh, and last week as well. I was in Indianapolis watching Kentucky lose to St. Peter's. Before that game started, as I always do, I'm following along the other games on my phone, and I come across North Carolina Marquette, and Carolina is destroying Shaka Smart's Marquette team. So I just tweeted out as an aside, as just a random thought, is Carolina dangerous? I didn't know they were. I didn't know they were. But they go on to beat Baylor. They go on to beat UCLA. They get a great break in having to play St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. They win that one handily. They beat their arch rival. And here we are on a Monday night at 920, and they're getting ready to play for the national championship game. If they lose to Louisville, in Louisville, which they probably should have done. North Carolina may not have even made the tournament. That's why this is so random. That's why you can never count anybody out. And I was on the Carolina train. By the way, if you're a gambler, you know this. North Carolina won that tournament because they were 6-0 and against the spread. They covered against Marquette. They upset Baylor. They covered against UCLA. They covered against St. Peter's. They upset Duke. And they covered last night getting four and losing by three. So as far as the betting public is concerned, the University of North Carolina 
they're my national champions. I can tell you that because I rode that train. I gave you, I gave you a UNC yesterday on the show at the end of the show because it was one. It, listen, it was with the heart there. Now you're up 15 at halftime, 40 to 25. You got to win that game. And I, Hubert Davis has done a couple of things here in this tournament. He's made it hard for anybody as a first-year coach now, right? Because now the expectation is if you're in a good program and you're a first-year coach, look what Hubert Davis did. Got his team to the national final. Got him a 15-point lead at halftime in the national championship game. Hey, Kenny Payne, look what Hubert did, right? First-time coach, all we've heard – from the Louisville naysayers, the people, the, the few people that didn't want Kenny Payne was, can't win with a first-year coach. Can't do it. First-time coach. First-time head coach. Can't win with him. Hubert Davis, first-time head coach. Here's what we also learned in the second half last night. Bill Self is a better coach than Hubert Davis. You can't lose that game. And there were not a lot of mismatches in that game. The guard play for each team was about the same. I think a slight edge maybe to North Carolina. Ojabi didn't play particularly well for Kansas. Didn't sh- Only took nine shots last night. I thought he should have shot a lot more, especially in that first half. Inside players. I You know, I give Carolina a little advantage at the 3-4 spot because of Manic. Um, Baycott and McCormick sort of canceled each other out last night. The biggest advantage for Kansas in this game was Bill Self over Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis might coach at Carolina for the next 30 years. He might win five national championships at Carolina. He might be considered, he might go in the Hall of Fame uh, long after I'm no longer on this earth as one of the best coaches in Carolina history, put him up there with Dean Smith and Roy Williams. But last night, he was out coached in the second half. He didn't call timeout quick enough, and he learned that from Roy Williams. Roy Williams used to always say, I'm going to let my players figure it out. I'm not bailing them out by calling a timeout. Well, this is not a regular season ACC game in the middle of February. This is a national championship game. As soon as Kansas scored those first four points in the second half, I was calling for a timeout. You got to call a timeout. He didn't. He let it go a couple more possessions. All of a sudden, that 15-point lead is down to nine. All the momentum is on the side of the Jayhawks, and Hubert Davis finally calls a timeout. The last possession for the Tar Heels. A whole lot of one-on-one. Brady Manick doesn't get a touch. The guy you would want to shoot the three-pointer at the end of that game does not touch the basketball. I will give credit to Kansas's defense. They didn't want Love to touch it, and they didn't want Manick to touch it. And they got their wish. Love finally, on the last play, the very last play, got off an off-balance three that he had to take that didn't draw iron. But Carolina had their chances. Uh, after a timeout, you got to call a, you know, you got to call a better play, especially when you're down one. There, got to call a better play. Fourth title for Kansas overall. 
second under Bill Self. Uh, I called them the Kansas City Jayhawks because that's what NCAA President Mark Emmert called them after the game. That was an uncomfortable situation. Emmert giving the trophy to Bill Self uh, while the NCAA has accused Kansas of five level one violations. I will talk more about this championship game last night. Um, Give kudos where they're deserved. Kansas is your title holder. But after the break, Nick Curran, Louisville Bats voice and voice of the uh, Louisville women's basketball team. We'll talk to him about both of those things. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. The Thornton's text line is uh, open, 414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. The Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake, and Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses under $25 around, cart included, with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. You can get yours today at uh, BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Supplies limited. Get yours today. Speaking of golf, Tiger Woods held a press conference this morning at Augusta, and it certainly appears that he is going to give it a go starting Thursday. In the Masters. All right, let's bring in, uh, let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline, bring in Nick Curran, Bats Radio Broadcaster, Louisville Women's Basketball Play-By-Play Man. Uh, how are you today, Nick? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm good. Do you sleep well the night before the opener? Uh, or does it, does it depend on your daughter? Yeah, that's what it depends on. So last night... <laughs> Would be a no, uh, dealing with a little bit of an ear infection. Oh. So uh, not a lot of sleep last night, but uh, yeah, normally, will normally you, get some good sleep in there. Will you get a nap today? Any chance um, of a nap? Looking doubtful. Had high hopes as the day began, but <sighs> not looking not looking great. All right, uh, opening night tonight, I was there last night. You did a great job emceeing the, uh, the event, but uh, are you there? I am. Okay, I'm hearing something in the background. I'm sorry. Um, you did a great job in seeing the event. Um, this is a weird season because the minor leagues are starting before the major leagues. I'm not sure about the roster. I've been waiting to get one from Chris Robinson. I haven't seen that yet. Do we even know who's going to be on this team? Uh, we have an idea, but we do not have a final roster yet. That is something we're still trying to work through. And uh, hopefully we'll have one by game time. It is a very, very unique season in that the, uh, the the major leagues are starting first, and so that's always uh, obviously the priority. And um, it's uh, you know there's guys still finishing up spring training with the big league club who will be here. Um, so some guys pitching in spring training games and that sort of thing who are on their way here now, but um, you know had to finish up spring training in Arizona first with the Reds. So. It is uh, it is very unique. Still waiting to get things finalized. We have uh, an idea. A, a lot of the guys were here last night, so we got to to see a lot of folks that'll be on this team. But uh, but still waiting for the uh, well the the final roster, if you will, for what's, for opening day. Yeah, what's the game plan for Pat Kelly tonight? Is it a short roster? Is it a large roster tonight? Um, 
Talking with PK yesterday, he was expecting uh, to, well, I, he, he's still trying to figure it out, too. It's a, it's a major <laughs> thing in flux for everybody. Uh, he's expecting to have some 19 pitchers on the roster eventually. Um, so he will have a lot of guys to get out there to, to throw and to try to get in the game to get innings and that sort of thing. Uh, but he's expecting to have about 11 position players. And so there won't be a large bench with the, uh, with the universal DH now, um, you know, you have nine hitters in there. So you, at least what he's expecting, uh, going into the year, looking at two bench players. So, uh, from a position player standpoint. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. And if in fact, that's what the roster looks like as he's expecting, that's what he thought yesterday. Today it may have changed because all this is, is very, very fluid. Talking to Nick Curran, uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Louisville Bats. Are you ready for a normal season? Is this going to finally feel like a normal season, you think? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty normal um, compared to last year. Uh, once we got past the the very beginning stages of last season, um, it, it got to feel pretty normal. Um, here was one of the later places because we couldn't have a full capacity game until June 22nd. But um, elsewhere, it, it felt pretty normal for, for most of the year. And um, it's nice to have it right from the jump this year. And it's nice to have the schedule relatively set. Um, last year, they tacked on 10 games late in the season. Um, it's nice to have the full 150 already laid out. And it's also nice to, to start – and a more traditional start time for the minor leagues. Um, you know, last year didn't start until May. Yeah. And so that was very strange. And uh, it's good to good to have it back in early April, kind of where it, uh, it belongs. Do you like the uh, six-game series, uh, Tuesday through Sunday and then Monday off, at least for the first three months? That's the exact schedule here. You, you either have six at home or six on the road uh, with Mondays off. Do you Do you like that? Uh, I love the Mondays off. That is a fantastic thing. I think just about everyone will tell you that who's involved in the game. Uh, I, I don't mind. The only bad part about the six-game series, a couple things. Um, I, I think that sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. And so if you have some sort of issue happen with the other team or with umpires early in the series, um, you have to stick around with each other for a while, which – can create some interesting situations. And uh, for me, selfishly, as a, a broadcaster, um, once you get to like game five and six of the series, <laughs> what is there left to talk about? Um, <laughs> you know, you've already done four or five games between the same two teams. And uh, so that part of it gets tough. Uh, rosters do change. So you have new guys come in and out sometimes. But um, I, I like having three or four game series and then, Switching, but the trade-off for every Monday off is is one that I think everyone will will make because that is a very very nice thing. And I'm I'm going to guess you run out of things to do in the early in the day in Omaha and Iowa City and places like that. Is that am I being am I profiling there? Am I being being mean about it? No, Des Moines is a great city. Des Moines. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot to do there. Uh, we're not actually. I hear Omaha is as well. I've never been to Omaha per se because uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers actually play in Papillion, Nebraska, which is wow. like 10 or 15 miles away from Omaha. 
So uh, there's not a lot. That is a fair profile of there. There's not a lot to do in Papillion. Uh, it's a nice hotel. There's like a Bass Pro Shop around it, a Hooters, and that's basically it. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's what you're doing. And then you, you go to the ballpark. That's uh, that's all you got. There's There's a couple things you can walk to. Last year it was like 105 while we were there. So most folks did not opt to, to walk. Little advice: spend more time in the Bass Pro Shop than the Hooters. I'm just throwing that out there. Try to spend more time in the Bass Pro Shop while you're in. Probably pa- sound. Probably sound advice. Papilia. Wow. Papillion, Papillion, Nebraska. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite park? Road park. Uh, favorite road park. There are several that I would put up there. Um, Huntington Park is in Columbus is really nice. Um, whatever they're calling the place in Charlotte now, I think it's Truist Park or Truist Field. Um, it's very nice. Pretty new, um, gorgeous view of the Charlotte skyline. Uh, Victory Field in Indianapolis, also really nice. Those are the three main ones that kind of stick out. Those three places uh, typically have good crowds and very nice uh, ballparks, well kept, and just gorgeous views at, at all three of those. Where does Slugger Field rank on your list? Uh, if you had to stick it in there with all these other parks, no, it's right at the top, and yeah. uh, it's great. And I think you know we were lucky for so many years in the International League West Division, which was Louisville, Columbus, Indianapolis, and Toledo. Uh, just four really great destinations and four great ballparks. Uh, so we were lucky. Everyone said it, and. I definitely agree. The, the the best division in minor league baseball in terms of travel and and uh, the places you get to go. So we were definitely lucky for a lot of years to to be in that division. Talking to Nick Curran, he'll uh, be on the Big X tonight with the uh, home opener, with the opening game of the season for the Louisville Bats. They'll take on St. Paul at six thirty-five first pitch. He's also the uh, play-by-play voice of Louisville basketball. Heck of a year for Jeff Walls. How disappointing it! How disappointed was Jeff Walls after Friday's game? Uh, but in the long run, I would think he'd have to be pretty happy. What a great season! Yeah, I, I think there's disappointment whenever the season comes to an end, and obviously, um, no one goes out there to lose. So definitely disappointed. But um, you know, it was a great year, and I think that's the perspective he tried to take. And Uh, You know, there were not a lot of hung heads when the team flew home on Saturday for Minneapolis. I think it was a proud group of of making a Final Four run. And if you go back to the beginning of the year, there were a lot of uncertainties. Dana Evans, um, an All-American who graduated, went to the WNBA, so didn't have her, and she was such a key part to everything last year. Um, Had a couple of transfers to mix in this year, and Emily Anksler and, and Chelsea Hall. And uh, so there were a lot of sort of unknowns and and a lot of variables with this team going into the year. And, um, you know, they were great. And um, not a lot of people were picking them to be in the final four at the beginning of the season, I don't think. And, uh, you know, they just came together great, a team that that really got along well, a lot of great chemistry. And um, I think they just love playing with each other. And that's, you know, the toughest part is you don't get to do that anymore. But um, I think they were proud of what they accomplished because not a lot of people were really picking that at the beginning of the year. And uh, the team really came together and, and Jeff did, did, a, did a fine coaching job. And I think everyone had that perspective after the initial disappointment of, of losing on Friday night. 
Yeah, and I think uh, another thing, Nick, when you lose to the best team in the country, when you don't get upset in the tournament and you lose to the team that, in, for my money, was by far the best team in the country, uh, you can, there's no reason not to hold your head up. You played them tough for quite a long portion of that game, and they were just great, right? Yeah, they were. Uh, definitely the best team in the country, I think. And, um, you know, I, I think that – uh, Jeff always talks about it. You know, if, if he's going to lose, he wants it to be because his team doesn't hit shots and to try to go about every other thing that they can control to do it as well as possible. And I think that's sort of what it boiled down to on Friday. Um, they couldn't even get threes away. That's how suffocating the South Carolina defense was and uh, missed some layups, unfortunately, some shots that just didn't go and uh, a lot of layups that, that they would probably – otherwise make so um you know that that was a part of it just missing some shots and uh you know i, I think they played played really hard played uh played their hearts out and uh, and just came up short and so i think you know that's another thing to keep in perspective and then you watch what happened on sunday with south carolina really yeah. a dominant performance against uconn uh they out rebounded uconn by 25 um Louisville had a huge emphasis on rebounding, obviously going against South Carolina, who's a great rebounding team, and uh, you know hung right in with them on the boards. Only only got out rebounded by three. So um, they did a lot of things well on Friday, but but South Carolina is that good with uh, with obviously Aaliyah Boston, who's winning every National Player of the Year award. Any reason for us not to expect another run to the Final Four from this Louisville team next year? I think. Uh, I think a Final Four is tough expectations to yeah. put uh, out there, but uh, he, he, yeah, Jeff I, Walls has made that the expectation. I think he has, he has. That's a credit to what he's done with the program, and I think, you know, I think the expectation is to be really good every year, and uh, you know, he and I, I don't know, I wouldn't doubt him. That's what I would say. I would not doubt. Uh, I think he's incredible at, at what he does, and I think you saw especially over the course of this tournament, how he connects with players and uh, how he gets them to want to just uh, run through a wall for him. And so I would not, I would not doubt Jeff Wall. So I'll say that. Have you uh, checked to see where the final four is next year? It is. Uh, actually, I don't know that I have, I think okay. it is it in da Is it in Dallas I don't next know. year? I want to say, I want to say Dallas, but I could be completely wrong about that. I, I have not. I have not looked one game at a time. I have not looked okay. to see. I know where the regionals are next year, but I do not know. Uh, I do not remember. I think it's Dallas, but I could be completely wrong about where the final four is. Tell me, tell me one of the regionals is not in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Just tell me it's that. Not, That's all I want to uh, hear. They're, they're shaking it up next year. Uh, the women's game will only have two sites in the regional round, and so those will be conveniently located in Greenville, South Carolina, and Seattle. So Ooh. if you are if you are in the middle of the country, Good you're luck. probably not going to get to go anywhere super close uh, <laughs> to your to your home. So uh, that is that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see how how all that works and who gets mad that they're having to go to <laughs> Seattle. Uh, Nick, uh, listen, welcome to the Big X family. We certainly look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Look forward to all the bats games uh, on the Big X networks uh, tonight. Starting tonight, 635 St. Paul Saints at Slugger Field. Get there if you can. Nick, appreciate your time as always. Have fun tonight. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to, uh, to being on as well, and we'll talk to you plenty during the season.
All right, Nick Curran, Bats Radio. You can listen to the Bats and the St. Paul Saints in the season opener tonight. Douglas, what time are we on the air tonight for that? Is that a 6? We have a 6.05 pregame, 6.35 game start. 6.05 pregame, 6.35 first pitch. The St. Paul Saints, um, the AAA affiliate for the Minnesota Twins against uh, your Louisville Bats. We'll take a break. Uh, My wife, uh, by the way, texted me and said, yes, the Final Four is in Dallas next year. I don't know how she knows that. She doesn't care anything about sports. She didn't know Kansas came back and won last night when I told her at, a, you know, 1030 this morning. But she knows the women's Final Fours, and I guess we're going to Dallas next year. I think I'm hearing for the first time that's where we're going to vacation next year. Uh, all right, I'll have to talk, talk to her about that when I get home. We'll take a break, come back. I want to talk about Pitchcom, which is a new electronic way to call pitches in uh, in the major leagues. They've been using it, and I didn't know anything about it. They've been using it in the minors. We'll also talk a little more about that championship game and what to expect next year. Can you expect anything from your favorite team in college basketball next season? NBA talk as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, final segment. I don't have any winners to give you tonight. 12 games in the NBA. Uh, I know you don't care. I don't care about most of them. Lakers-Phoenix, interesting late game tonight, 1030 NBA TV. I'll be watching. Uh, Eminem Cartage hotline still open, 384-1450. If you have an opinion on the uh, national championship game, give me a call, 384 384- 1450, or you can do it on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget the Big X golf cards are ready. The card this year features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play those great courses under $25 around with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake, under $25 around, cart included. Get yours today. Supplies are limited. Texter says championship game was decided by two things. A short North Carolina bench and lots of North Carolina injuries. Kansas was healthy. Well, both benches were short. Remy Martin, probably most important player of the second half for Kansas, finished with 14 off the bench. Puff Johnson... For Carolina, had 11. He played great uh, off the bench for the Tar Heels in 18 minutes of play. But Carolina has had a short bench all year. They've had a short bench all season. It doesn't matter in the tournament. If you stay out of foul trouble, and for the most part they did, Leaky Black had four fouls. Nobody else finished with more than three. Because of the extra long timeouts, Because of extra timeouts that are added during the game, that 30-second timeouts become two-minute timeouts for advertising purposes, there's no fatigue factor here for these kids. There's, There's not one. There's not one in the regular season, but it's even less of a factor in the postseason because of the extended breaks, the extended timeouts. So we can see more of Reggie Miller, Wendy's commercials or... Uh, the best commercial, in my opinion, 
of the tournament was Grant Hill and the mascots deciding which hotel they were staying at. That was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, uh, YouTube it, Google it. The uh, Grant Hill was sitting with the mascots and uh, assigning them hotel rooms. It was fantastic. But because of the length of these timeouts, I, I don't think bench depth is a factor. Uh, again, 20 minutes total off the bench for North Carolina, 18 of those for Puff Johnson. Kansas got some uh, quality minutes out of Lightfoot, seven, but he had he got four fouls in those seven minutes. Adams played three minutes. Coleman Lands played two minutes. And Remy Martin played 21. So really both teams went six deep. Now the injury factor for Carolina, Armando Baycott was not uh, explosive like he had been before he got hurt Saturday night in the uh, – in the Duke game. He wasn't. Now, he played great. He had 15 points, 15 rebounds. Um, 38 minutes out of a possible 40. He went down a couple of times. The, the time that he went down late and had to come out of the game, when a floor, one of the boards in the floor gave way, that's scary. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry. You can't put a floor down that is not going to give way, one of the boards isn't going to give, that's embarrassing for the NCAA. And it, you know, I'm not saying it cost them the game, but it it certainly cost them their best big man for a, a couple of minutes there. A couple of important minutes late in the game. This is why, look, 69,000 people were in the Superdome last night, the Caesars Superdome. 69,000, 20,000 of which could actually see the game without looking on the big screen, without watching it on the big screen. I've been there. I was there 10 years ago. Kentucky, Kansas, Louisville, and Ohio State. I had good seats. I was in the lower level both games, Saturday night games and the Monday game, both sessions. Had great seats. But if you're – Above that first level, you can't see. You can't see. You don't know who's who. I went to an all-star game, an NBA all-star game, years ago in Indianapolis, back when it was the Hoosier Dome. Not the RCA Dome. Not anything. It was the Hoosier Dome. It was brand new. And the NBA all-star game was there. I sat up so high up in the rafters that I could not tell the difference between Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's pretty far away. And that's what a lot of those people, you know, I know you want to be there. I get it. Hey, I got my ticket. I'm going to have it laminated. I'm going to get it signed by whoever. That's great. They don't need to put these NCAA championship games in these super, in football stadiums, because that's what they do, football stadiums. Women's Final Four in Dallas next year. I don't know where it's at. I, I certainly hope it's not in Jerry World. Oh, I certainly hope it's not in AT&T Stadium in Dallas, or Irving, Texas. But if you're going to put them in a football stadium, the least you can do is pay enough money to have a court put in that is sturdy enough where a, a board will not give way and cause what could have been a bad injury to Armando Baycott or anybody else. 
So, yeah, injuries were part of it. I know Caleb Love had an ankle thing late in the game. He was limping around. Never would He never – he almost came out, told him, no, I'm going to stay in. I'll work it out. He, You know, he was okay, but he was banged up a little bit. Kansas got a lot of breaks. Listen, if you're going to win a national championship in this day and age, you have to get some breaks. You have to. Kansas got a lot of breaks. Regional final, they got to play Miami instead of Auburn. Now, that's Bruce Pearl's fault. Auburn should have beat Miami. They got to beat Miami. They're better than Miami. Miami took them to the woodshed. Jim Laranega did a great job. But because of that, Kansas get, doesn't have to play the two seed. They get to play the 10 seed, Miami, in the Elite Eight. Carolina got a break, too. They got to play the 15 seed in the Elite Eight, St. Peter's. And then in the Final Four, Kansas gets to play Villanova. Villanova had lost one of their best players to an Achilles injury, Josh Moore. Joshua Moore. So it's a depleted Villanova team that Kansas got to face. That's a break. They play Carolina, Armando, Armando Baycott, not 100%. That's a break. Now, they didn't cause any of those breaks. It's not Kansas's fault that uh, Miami beat Auburn. It's not Kansas's fault that Josh Moore Villanova tore his Achilles. And it's not Kansas's fault that Armando Baycott was uh, playing probably at about 70% last night. Getting the breaks is not the key. Taking advantage of the breaks is the key. And that's what Kansas did. They did it throughout the tournament. They took advantage of every break they got. They played not good in the first half of that Miami game. They played their best half of basketball, including last night, in the second half of the Miami game in the Elite Eight. That was the best basketball Kansas played the whole tournament. They were great. But they played terrible in the first half. They played terrible in the first half last night. A lot of people probably hit the sack at 1030, 40-25 Carolina at halftime. So, you know, got to take advantage of your breaks. And now we've got these polls already uh, next year. Who's number one next year? Kansas is the betting favorite right now. To win the title again, defending champs. I think that's usually what Vegas does. Just whoever wins it, make them make them the favorites next year, right out right out of the gate, because nobody's going to bet on them anyway. Nobody repeats anymore. Kentucky's getting some number one votes. We we have no idea, no idea what any of these rosters are going to look like by the time the season rolls around. We have no idea because of the transfer portal. St. Peter's best three players, I don't know if it's their best three players, three players from St. Peter's jumped into the transfer portal, including the wonderful mustache of Doug Eddert. I'm going to assume they end up at Seton Hall with their former coach, Shaheen Holloway. I don't know that, but I'm going to guess he wants to bring at least a couple of them along. I don't know who's going to be on, on which team next year. Who's Kansas pluck out of the uh, transfer portal? Duke, UCLA, Kentucky, Carolina, 
fill in the blank. Arkansas is uh, they've got three five star recruits coming in. NIL is going to be big for Arkansas. Remember Sam Walton, Walmart? He's from Arkansas. They can pay players now. You can do it legally now. And the other part of the championship I want to talk about quickly is uh, the level five, the level one violations, five of them against Kansas. Oh, Louisville fans up in arms. Put our banner back up. These guys win a title. They're, they're under investigation. Same thing, Adidas. Okay. First of all, I don't think any of these guys playing for Kansas right now was involved in that. So they're not losing their banner, okay? Get over it. They're not. Louisville scandal, they had some guys involved in the scandal that won the 2013 championship, okay? So that's where the NCAA is going to come down there. Now, Bill Self, different story. Maybe Dollar Bill or whatever you want to call him, maybe he gets in trouble. Uh, maybe he has to step down from Kansas. I'd leave now. You've won two titles. Leave now. Go coach somewhere else. Fresh start before they can before they can bank. You know before the NCAA can hammer you. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else and coach. You've won two there. Two games, by the way, that they probably shouldn't have won. Remember the first one, two thousand eight, Memphis and John Calipari had Kansas beat. But they missed a lot of free throws and allowed a three-point shot at the buzzer to send it to overtime. Had a nine-point lead with two minutes to go. No way Kansas should have won that game. And last night, you're down 15 at halftime. You're down 16 early in the second half. There's no way you lose that game. But here we are. Here we are. Kansas has won two national titles under Bill Self. And you can talk about the NCAA. The NCAA, in my opinion, has no more power. We are not going to see any more. Louisville is is nervous, and they should be, because they committed a violation while they were already on probation. That's not a good thing. But I don't think the NCAA has power anymore. And keep in mind, just because it's legal now to pay players to do the NIL doesn't mean it was legal when you made the violation, when you committed the committed the crime, if you will. It wasn't legal then. It wasn't legal. So, you know, if I murder somebody today and a month from today murder is deemed legal, I'm still on the hook for murdering when it wasn't legal. I know murders should never be legal. And I didn't get to pitch calm. I'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, Tiger says he's going to play in the Masters uh, as of right now. Um, he's more. Wor- he said his swing is fine. It makes me want to put money on Tiger. He says his swing is fine. It's all about walking the hills and valleys of Augusta, whether he's going to be able to do that. That's the hard part. If Tiger says my swing is fine, I'm nervous as other golfers. I'm nervous. I will uh, give give you the Masters winner tomorrow. Well, Tony Burke will. Tony Burke will be in studio with me tomorrow. Maybe he'll give you the Masters winner because he's been pretty good. I'm putting pressure on him now, but he's been pretty good at picking the, some of these golf tournaments. He had Colin Montgomery when he won the PGA. So, Tony in studio with me tomorrow. Enjoy the bats tonight here on the Big X. You've been listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. <laughs> 